My name is Soen Park, and I'm the host of Stereo for Ballet. This podcast is designed to highlight the diversity problem in the ballet world, and illustrate experiences from students, guests, and experts, and inspire people to advocate to limit racism and break stereotypes in ballet and the arts. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Stereo for Ballet podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Samantha Parr, the founder of Dancer for Dancer. Samantha Parr is a 17-year-old ballet dancer from San Francisco, California. She's danced since she was three years old and has attended summer intensives at Pacific Northwest Ballet and Ballet West. In addition to ballet, Samantha loves to samba dance, run, and create Pinterest boards of just about everything. Samantha plans on attending a four-year university after high school and hopes to join a dance program to continue her passion. Hi, Samantha. Welcome to the show. Hi. So first of all, I was wondering if we can talk a little bit about your organization, Dancer for Dancer. Tell me about yourself and Dancer for Dancer. Um, okay, so my name is Samantha Parr. I'm a junior in high school. I live in California, and I'm a ballet dancer. I've been dancing like my whole life. And Dancer for Dancer is the organization that I founded in June of this year, 2020, amid the craziness of of this year. And um, basically what it is, is there are monthly Zoom calls with dancers from across the world where we talk about different issues in dance, such as mental health, body image, uh, racial equality, um, and basically to raise awareness about these issues and also just to um, connect with dancers from across the world and make new friends. Uh, We're also launching a new program called the PAL program, which will be coming out soon, probably by the time this comes out, um, where where dancers will be able to meet with these PALs who are fellow dancers and um, just about whatever is going on in their lives or they need advice or whatever it is, they can schedule meetings uh, one-on-one with these pals who are kind of like the in leadership positions to create kind of a more intimate support system of dancers. So that's kind of an overview of what everything is. Wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah, and the pal system, that, that sounds really great too. I want to join that also. Mm-hmm. What was your actual inspiration? Like, why did you initially start Dancer for Dancer? I think you touched a little bit upon that, but... Yeah, so it kind of comes down to... Yeah, so I started dance when I was super young, like when I was like three years old, just like any dancer starts, their mom puts them in, whatever. But um, when I was like around 11 or 12, I started to get a little bit more uh, into it and a little bit more ambitious about my future in dance. And I kind of started to pursue that more professional path. Um, And I, you know, went to all the intensives and the summer uh, auditions and, um, and competitions and I began to realize that dance is, it's, it's really competitive. Like, it's really not just like a bunch of little girls, you know, twirling around. It's, it's a little, it can be cutthroat and really. And so I, you know, I had my experiences with dancers being, you know, rude and, and bullying and all that stuff. And it really just, it made me, it made me feel bad and it made me, concerned about you know the dance community and how people are being treated and so 
um, I was young and so I didn't really know what I was doing, but <laughs> then, um, you know, I'm 17 now and I kind of, especially with quarantine, um, I had a lot of free time and I began to just like reflect and really think about what I was doing with my life really. <laughs> um, and I really, I just wanted to make an impact for dancers, for young dancers who were like me and who were in those positions where they felt like, you know, they were having just bad experiences um, in dance. And honestly, I, 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 do, I do love dance. And not to say that I, you know, didn't love dance, but um, yeah, I just really wanted to create a better environment in dance for girls who were like me and just for the current generation of dancers that I'm in. So um, I started out with one, with one Zoom call in, I think it was June or July. Um, and from there, I didn't really think it would go anywhere, but then people seemed to like it. So then I kind of just did more about all different topics and they were all from mostly people in my area, but then it began to grow and grow. And we just recently had our, these two, um, international zoom calls with dancers from Sweden and from Germany. And it was just, it was insane. So that's kind of where we're at now, kind of a, a timeline of dancer for dancer. It's grown a lot. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been in a couple of the zoom calls and yeah, we just talked about body image, you know, lack of diversity in ballet and dance and, you know, just all this kind of issues in dance and, you know, it was really enjoyable. I think you said this already, but how did you get the idea to do the Zoom calls among dancers from the US and Europe? So was it like, oh, I just want to try this out? Or what was the, you know, initial kind of inspiration? Yeah, so actually, um, I kind of like, I wanted to definitely expand it internationally because I feel like that really, that's a really great way to get more people involved and to reach a bigger audience of people. But um, I wasn't really sure how to go about that. And actually someone um, signed up for one of my national Zoom calls. Uh, shout out Tabitha for listening to this. Um, she actually reached out to me and said, oh my gosh, I'm from the UK and the time zones didn't match up. I really want to join your Zoom call. You know, like how else can I get involved? And I was like, this is a great opportunity to do the thing that I really wanted to do, which was to have an international Zoom call. So mm-hmm. then we both texted some of our friends and brought in people that we knew to a big group chat. It had like 30 or 35 people on it. And we split it into two groups and we had two Zoom calls and they're both amazing. So really it, it came from my initial desire, but then it really came from the organization and um, connection of all these different dancers, um, which is kind of like the, the foundation of the organization as a whole, um, is, you know, communication and, and unity. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like I already said, I really like the zoom calls and how open and intimate it is. So you also have a podcast. Yeah. I believe it was called the spotlight podcast that recently got altered into empowered. So I was wondering, what is your goal or mission for Empowered? Yeah, so it started out as the Spotlight podcast um, where it would it would feature different dancers and their stories and dance to kind of uplift. And the the same mission stays the same, but now it's 
it's more broad and it's about, you know, all girls and what all different girls are doing. And with still a big focus on dance, because that's what I do. Um, and yeah, the, the whole, the kind of shifted um, mission for Empowered is basically to, to like let girls know that there are other girls who are doing amazing things and that, you know, gender does not define capability. That's like the main overarching thing is that, you know, you can do amazing things as a woman, as a girl. Um, and, you know, it, it really just, I feel like hearing stories of other people who are doing things that maybe you want to do, like, like I actually listened to a podcast recently about a woman who is an astronaut and like, I would have never imagined myself being an astronaut. I don't know if it's just uh, societies, you know, putting that on us, like, you know, girls can't be astronauts, but it was just, it was really empowering for me to hear that story and to hear of a successful woman as an astronaut. And I feel like that's just like a really fundamental thing is that really just sharing stories of different of different girls who are doing great things and changing the world in their own ways um, to, yeah, empower other girls um, to get out there and, and go for their goals and their dreams. Yeah, I really look forward to listening to your podcast also. And I think it's really empowering for, you know, young girls, as you said, listening to these kind of stories that will also inspire them. So what impact do you want Dancer for Dancer to ultimately have? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big question. I really, the main thing, I feel like so often we get caught up in numbers and followers and all that stuff. And obviously it's great to have a, a, a big reach and a big audience of people. But also my thing is just the goal with this is, is to really just change the narrative and to change the norm of of dance and and the community within dance and if that means literally one person doing what like meeting with one dancer or if that means one person complimenting one person on their leotard or whatever it may be even like the smallest impact can make such a huge ripple effect on the dance community and and you know um so yeah, I think just really um, continuing on with with the Zoom calls and the PAL program and reaching as many dancers as we possibly can and to, yeah, change the narrative for dance. And I, I think this there's this new uh, Netflix documentary or not documentary, but it's, a, it's like a TV show and it's called like Tiny Pretty Things. And I watched, have you seen it? No, I, I watched a trailer, but I really want to watch it. I watched a, a little bit of it and it was it was good, but I also think that the way they portrayed the dance community, it kind of, it was, it was like a little bit accurate, but also it was really amplified and really like a little bit dramatic, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like all the competition. And, and I mean, it is competitive, but it's like, it was a little bit, a little bit much so I think that just that kind of shows how other people perceive the dance world as being and that's a little bit of an issue right. and so I think yeah the main impact for me and for this project is um to kind of change that and to and to let dancers know that there is a community that welcomes them and that dance doesn't have to be this way and that they can you know enjoy dance and they can be surrounded by good people and we can all 
create a better um, environment of dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you reminded me of dance moms and how people, you know, who don't dance think that the dance world is dance moms very dramatic, very competitive. Which is so, which is very wrong on many levels because mm-hmm. at least ballet is not like dance moms at all. But right, right. <laughs> yeah. So relating to the previous question. What do you see for the future of Dance for Dancer? Um, do you want to continue this, you know, in a few years? Like, what do you see? Yeah, I honestly, I, I see this becoming like huge. And I see it becoming like Dancer for Dancer being almost like a household name within the dance community and everyone knowing it and everyone you know, if they so choose to use the opportunity and the resource that it presents to dancers. Um, I definitely think that I want to continue this, you know, past high school and through college. Um, I will definitely expand the leadership of it so that it's not like just me sitting here running this whole thing by myself. Um, So I think, yeah, expanding it really and making it become a much larger thing than it already is, which I'm super grateful of what it already has become. But I think, yeah, just um, making it so that every dancer knows that it's it's there and that they can they can join in and they're and they're welcome in our community. That's really that's really the future that I see for this. Mm-hmm. So backtracking a little bit, when and how did you start dancing? So I started dancing when I was three years old. Uh, my mom put me into dance probably because she thought I looked cute in a tutu. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I've basically been at the same studio my whole life. And um, when I was younger, actually, I used to do like tap, lyrical, hip hop and ballet and, you know, soccer and piano and whatever, all those things. But then when I was like 11, I started to get just focus on ballet, really mostly and um that kind of became my main thing and I was definitely going down the professional route you know I went I've I've been to the Joffrey Summer Intensive PNB and Ballet West um and I did YGP all those things but then I kind of realized that you know maybe this path isn't for me and maybe it's it's totally a valid thing you know like like dancing professionally is not, is not, um, maybe not a good path for everyone. And so I kind of decided to shift a little bit and, um, I definitely do want to attend a four-year, a four-year university and continue dancing. But, um, yeah, I'm still dancing all the time, but that's just not really the route that I'm going down now anymore. So. Yeah. That's so interesting because I am basically in the same position. Um, you know, I started dancing really young, and I've been to a lot of competitions. I haven't been to um, summer intensives because they're really expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, you know, was kind of going the professional route. And then I decided really dancing professionally wasn't for me. But I still want to do it, you know, as a hobby and as something I want to go back to when I feel stressed or you know, kind of like my outlet. So yeah, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I think, um, especially in dance, I feel like we're often taught that the only route is the professional route, dancing 
you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's also important to acknowledge that there are so many other things that you can do with dance and that just having a history in dance is, is amazing and powerful. And like, you know, I interviewed someone on my podcast last episode who started a dancewear brand after she was dancing um, like her whole life. So, I mean, there's so many different paths you can take, which is really cool. Yeah, for sure. So you also touched upon this, but what types of dance do you do and which type do you enjoy the most and why? So I only take ballet classes like at a studio, but um, I do also really enjoy uh, samba dancing. I like to do that in my free time. Um, I think it's just super fun. And I feel like doing ballet definitely helps with the timing and everything. But Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, it's just like super fun to just like move your body and and, like let loose because ballet is like very, (laughs) very much the opposite. So uh, so my favorite is probably still ballet, though, definitely, because I do it the most. Why? I I just kind of feel like it's it's just what I do. And I I really I love to just move my body and. It, it's super nice to just be able to use every like a muscle in your body, like, you know, and, and just to feel the ground and, and it, it's, it's like a very grounding thing for me, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. You definitely use every part of your body, um, your body, because you're dancing, like your muscles and, you know, your mind, your brain, because you're thinking about the combination or, like, the piece mm-hmm. and musicality. Definitely every part of your body. Yeah, yeah. So what is your favorite part about dancing and what does dance mean to you? I think that I'm, like, a pretty... I'm a little bit of, like, a quiet person. Like, I'm social, but I'm also an introvert. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that dancing is just it sounds cliche, but just a good way for me to express myself. It, it is an art form. And that's kind of how I look at it is that it it's my art form and my way of, of creating things and putting stuff out there into the world that is unique and that is representative of my emotions and my story. Um, that's kind of what I love most about ballet and dance in general is that it's so like individual to each person that dances, like no two dancers will look the same doing one step. And that that's just super beautiful, I think, is that there's so many dif- different things that you can do with dance and with movement. And um, that's just what keeps me going through ballet and stuff, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So we're gonna move on to some fun questions. What Disney character are you most like? Um, I would say I'm most like Belle. Not only because I look like her, <laughs> but also because I love to read and Belle loves to read as well. And um, I feel like Belle is very curious. She's always like down for an adventure and she's like, you know, curious about what's beyond her village. And I feel like I'm a very curious person as well. And also Belle, I feel like sees the good in a lot of situations like you know the beast is ugly but she she still sees the good in him and he ends up becoming you know turning out to be actually a very warm hard person so I think that um I'm most like Belle for those reasons mm-hmm. yeah yeah I can see that <laughs> all right so so lastly what songs would you put on the playlist of your life 
Um, I would say Love Shack by uh, B-52s. Good News by Mac Miller. And Yellow by Coldplay. Just because they're just all great songs and I love them very much. This is really hard for me to to narrow it down, though, I have to say. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, um, that sounds really good. I'll have to try it. I've never tried listening to those before. Yeah, what are your favorite songs? Like, what are your life songs? I don't know. Um, Yeah, I'm really into K-pop, but I also love these um, old K-pop songs that, you know, not a lot of people listen to anymore. Um, There's this group called G.O.D., and I really like their songs, One Candle and Road. Um, those songs are really good. I'll have to listen to them. <laughs> Definitely check them out. Well, thank you for joining me, Samantha. It was really nice talking to you. Thank you for having me. I had a super fun time. Thank you for listening to our podcast. As you'll know, our STEP program that gives free online ballet classes to children ages 5 to 10, especially those who can't afford it, is already available every Saturday. Check out our website, stairforballet.com, to register to get the Zoom links every week. To keep up with our social medias, check out our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube.